I'm Daria Rose, and this is The Foodist Podcast, where real people use real food to get healthy and lose weight without dieting. Hey guys, it's Daria, and welcome to another episode of The Foodist Podcast. Today we are with Cassie, who is a longtime Summer Tomato reader and one of my very favorite success stories. She has gone from being a lifelong chronic dieter, much like I was way back in the day before I started Summer Tomato, and she has come so far. She started out forcing herself to work out, constantly counting calories, nutrients, protein grams, all that horribleness that goes with dieting. And today she eats whatever she wants. She loves to cook, loves vegetables, and really, really enjoys working out. And she swears it's not as easy as as it sounds, but it was such a wonderful transformation for her that she just, she's like, can't even believe how fantastic her life is now. So I hope you enjoy her story and hopefully you can find a few habits or ideas or mindset shifts that you can apply to your own life. Hey Cassie, how are you? Hey, great. How are you doing? I'm excellent. Thank you so much for joining us today. So The reason I emailed you and asked you if you wanted to be on the show is because you are a longtime Summer Tomato reader and one of my absolute favorite success stories. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's really, really inspiring. And I think that other readers and listeners will love to hear your story and how you are able to do it. And, uh, and that it'll be really inspiring because I know a lot of people are just starting out on their health style journey, trying to become a foodist and you've done it. Well, it's funny that you say that because it's still, I don't know, there's so many little improvements and tweaks that you make along the way. So I don't know. I still don't feel like a foodist. Um, But looking back, this has made me kind of think about where I was when I first started reading Summer Tomato. And it is kind of funny to think like, wow, I guess I have come a long way. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny that you say that, actually, because it's something I hear all the time from people. They're like, they'll say like things like, oh, yeah, I lost 25 pounds, but I don't feel like a success story yet, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is funny. But, but, but it is important, I think, to recognize the two aspects of what's going on there. One is that you are a success story. You've made tremendous progress. And, but also that life is a journey and that we're never like done. You know, we never hit this like place where we're just like frolicking in daisies. Right. Um, so why don't you t- start by telling us a little bit about how, what, like, where were you before this? Like, where did you start? What was your life like? How was your relationship with food, health, your body and all that before you found Summer Tomato? Okay. Um, So before I found Summer Tomato, I would have to say I was a lot more goal oriented. So I believe that, you know, to lose weight, you had to eat less calories than you burn. So like, okay, if I eat as little as possible for as long as possible, and I run, you know, three or four miles a day, I'll lose weight. Okay, awesome. (laughs) Um, And I don't know, in... 
I guess in college, so in high school, I was, I was pretty thin, but it was something that I, I worked at. Like I had tried to get into modeling. And I mean, at that time I was probably 20, 30 pounds less than I am right now. And they told me, oh yeah, to really get into this industry, you need to lose another one or two inches off your waist. And I was like, okay. Yeah, I know. So I would eat, you know, two egg whites and like some peppers for breakfast and a turkey sandwich with no cheese and like mustard for lunch and like a granola bar for dinner or like some lettuce and gosh that looking back that was such a low point that Um, pains me to hear (laughs) yeah and I don't know you know I was hungry all the time and then I would you know eat an entire box of wheat thins the next day and feel awful and then, you know, try to eat as little as possible. And that's Um, very typical of what happens when somebody is like intentionally calorie restricting. It's, it's almost inevitable that something breaks. You're just going to break at some point. And then you go like, you don't like, Oh, I'm going to have some wheat thins or whatever, because that mm-hmm. would be still a break. Like that would still be like, yeah, a break you're not your... supposed to have any, right. You're not yeah. supposed to have any, but then you'll eat like the entire box because it's the last time well, in the I've world you're one. ever yes. going to eat anything that tastes good. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that was my like junior and senior year of high school. And I went off to college and I mean, it was a lot harder to do that, but, you know, having to eat at the school cafeteria and stuff, I like couldn't really maintain that as well because I mean, I couldn't just eat egg whites or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so I gained probably, you know, like 15 pounds, the freshman 15 or whatever. Um, but I also started to be like, I was walking to class and I started, um, I joined the ultimate Frisbee team, which, you know, we were running miles every practice. So I wasn't as worried about it then, but I still was never really, you know, super happy about my weight. Um, Like I would feel thin some days and then the next day I would feel fat. And it was kind of a a cycle of me like training for something like, oh, I'm going to run this crazy like relay race where it's, you know, five miles at a time with you know, 10 other people. And when I was doing that, you know, I would run a bunch and I would be, I would quote, be on track. And then if I wasn't training for anything, I would just not know what to do, you know? So were you actually almost either consciously or subconsciously using those types of events as a sort of a way to put external pressure on yourself to make sure that you were thin or was it just that's what you happen to be doing and you happen to be thin? Oh no, it was, it was definitely to push myself to be thin. Mm -hmm. Like for me to work out, I needed a tangible reason. Like I'm going to be doing this event in, you know, two months and I need to make sure I'm ready for it. Um, A lot of people do that as well. Like a lot of people think that if they're somehow responsible or accountable to some outside goal that it'll help them stay on track. And it's true to some extent, but, um, again, but then when you don't yeah. have that external, exactly. yeah. So <laughs> then after I graduated, I started to get a little bit better. I realized that strength training wasn't going to make me look like, you know, an Amazon woman. So I started to try to incorporate that a little bit more. And that made me think more about like, oh, well, to build muscle, you need protein. And I became a lot more focused on like, 
all the different nutritional, like all the nutritional content of everything I ate. So, ah, you know, I need, yes, this many grams of protein and like, oh, whole grains and this and this. And I, w- I had like an Excel spreadsheet that had, you know, every item I ate and calories and all this wow. stuff. Yeah, it was, it was a little bit crazy. Um, and how did your body respond to that? I mean, it, I still, it's hard to think like how my body actually felt because I, I didn't think about my body. I mean, I was, Hmm. I don't know. I felt thin, I guess, but I still like wanted to eat more because I didn't want to, I don't know. I didn't want to write down that I, I had a cookie or that I ate like more than a serving of X. So I still wasn't very happy and food was stressful because if it didn't meet like a certain criteria I felt like I shouldn't eat it right um and so then it was around that time that I found summer tomato and I think I it was an article about I think it was like intact grains versus whole grains Mm. and it basically just like changed my entire perspective and I was like oh Maybe instead of focusing on like, you know, the health claims that all these like brands are telling me like, oh, this is healthy. This is healthy. Maybe I should just eat real food. That's amazing. Yeah. That makes me so happy. No, it's so funny because it really was just like a few of the summer summer tomato articles that got me thinking about food entirely differently. And like it took me... Sorry. Oh, I was go. just going to say, um, th- that was a, a really long time ago, so I just want to tell people what that article was. Um, so I wrote an article, gosh, five years ago, um, and it was – basically, this was a problem I had, and this is why I wrote the article, is I believed, because of basically the nutrition media, I would say, that I needed to eat – like, once I was sort of off the low-carb wagon, uh, I thought I could eat whole grains – Right. Like I was like, I can eat whole grain bread. And I ate these like disgusting cereals. Oh gosh, they're so bad. <laughs> and like these disgusting, like whole grain, like like still totally crap processed bread, like in plastic bags, softer than like anything, like not even real food. But it had whole grain on the label and I thought I was being really being virtuous. Healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And and then I don't remember exactly I think through just the reading a lot I I at some point realized that that was still processed food like it was still flour (laughs) um and it had just been demolished in a slightly different way and added back and so uh I yeah I just I felt like I had to explain this to people because the packaging on the 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 bread and all the products was so deceptive yeah and and that was actually one of my most popular articles of all time and I'm I'm so glad it, it, it hit you like that because that's why I wrote it and that makes me really happy yes so that was yes I'm very glad you wrote it too (laughs) (laughs) um so you read that and you started just thinking about food differently nutrition specifically um yeah I think it would like I said it just made me think more about the health claims and I don't know, within a week, I had just stopped buying like processed food. I I don't know, because before a lot of the things, like you said, with bread, I ate a sandwich almost every day and I got 
the stuff that was whole wheat and so supposed to be great for you. And when I realized it wasn't, I was like, oh, well, I don't even like this. I don't enjoy eating it. I'm not going to buy it. And there was a lot of products like that. So I don't know. Pretty soon after that, I just kind of cut out um, processed foods, like for the most part, not everything. And what did you replace it with? Because I feel like when a lot of people hear that, they're like, well, then what would I eat? Oh, right. Um, So I think a big one was like breakfast cereal. I just switched to having oatmeal with like nuts and raisins. Um, that And because that was just as easy to eat as a bo- like a bowl of cereal. Totally. Uh, yeah. And I'm trying to think because, uh, you know, snacks, like what? Maybe I started bringing like carrots or eating a bigger lunch. Um, nuts. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I'll snack on nuts instead of, you know, a granola bar or crackers. Um, and then for, for dinner and everything, well, we'll get to that later. I, I started cooking, which was a huge change. Um, cooking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big one. So uh, this is interesting. So you, it, so for you, like you were already like fairly focused on being healthy and yes. sort of all that, like putting the right foods into your body, whatever that means. And you just <laughs> sort of had this epiphany that like you didn't quite understand what the right foods were. Exactly. And then yeah. you just were like, oh, then I'll just switch to the right thing. <laughs> I, this is how I am too, by the way. Like for me, uh, switching behavior, if I understand that something's right, that it's easy mm-hmm. for me. Um, yes. <laughs> that's not true for everyone. But uh, <laughs> but so that worked for you. And and then what happened? What happened? So you started oh, wow. eating real food and you cut out all um, the processed food. Um, I think at that time I was still pretty stressed about food and just trying to figure out, you know, what still what I should be eating. Um, and I was... I think I was trying to make too many changes at once because it was around that time that I also read um, the article you wrote about recalibration where, you know, you here, you can explain what that article is about. <laughs> right. So the, uh, the recalibration is a, it's a pro, like I said, say a little program that I put together. It's in Foodist, my book. And the idea was that for some people, specifically for people who have metabolically been uh, sort of disrupted, so metabolic syndrome, maybe prediabetes or diabetes, if you've become acutely insulin resistant, then eating less isn't actually enough necessarily to lose weight because, and, and, and to even start to see changes in your body because you're so, your body just is so resistant to insulin that it just, it doesn't work properly. Your metabolism doesn't work properly. So the way to cure that, you have to, you actually have to be a little bit more strict early on, uh, with, especially particularly with your blood sugar. So, um, basically any sort of processed carbohydrates like flour or sugar need to be cut out sort of completely for a couple of weeks to regain that insulin sensitivity. And then you can like add those things back slowly. So the recalibration was a little plan I put together where it's, I think it's, you cut out flour, sugar, dairy, dairy, and alcohol, all the things that impact insulin and blood sugar just for two weeks so that you can, so, so it's somebody who's insulin 
resistant can become insulin sensitive. Okay. Yeah. So I remember reading that article around the time that I was cutting out processed foods and I read it and was like, oh, okay. You know, ignoring like your words of advice, like these foods might make me fat. So I'll cut them out. Um, So it went from, you know, eating whatever um, to, gosh, I'm rambling. Um, Yeah, so I tried to follow the recalibration. And I remember I like lost a few pounds. But about halfway through, I was pretty grumpy and realizing I realized that I was just trying another form of restrictive diet. Interesting. Um, Yeah. And I was basically using it as an excuse to still to still diet eat less exactly yeah yeah it was definitely not meant for somebody like you (laughs) I know (laughs) and that's what's so funny like I could kick myself looking back um by the way by the way a lot of readers still do the recalibration when they shouldn't be and it like I I was so conflicted about publishing it in the first place because I knew that would happen because that's how dieters are like they're like oh Daria says it's okay still restriction Yeah. So if you're out there and you're thinking about doing the recalibration and you're not insulin resistant, please don't. There's other ways. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So your question had been, how did I feel after it? And honestly, I don't think I really could tell a difference until I started cooking for myself. And I don't know, a lot of the change for me, too, was a it was just a mentality shift mm-hmm. more than like, because I'm probably about the same weight I was when I started reading Summer Tomato. But I'm, well, I guess one, I am more muscular. I can tell that. But I don't know, I just don't stress about food. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, like, what what changed what was different like that's the biggest change that was made which by the way is huge I mean oh I yes (laughs) like the it's it's you know it's like dieters are so obsessed like and and people who haven't been like a long-term chronic dieter don't quite understand I mean, they know dieting Mm -hmm. sucks and they're like, why would I do that to myself? But if you have been doing that to yourself (laughs) and you've been doing it to yourself for like a decade or more, uh, the, 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 I mean, and especially like chances are if you've been dieting your whole, your whole life, you're not probably very overweight, right? Like you're probably (laughs) pretty thin. And like, that's kind of how I was too. I did lose a little bit of weight when I, when I stopped dieting, but Mm -hmm. for me, by far, by far the biggest change was the just relaxation and the removal of like the intense stress that just followed me around all day long. Like, Oh, I'm going to go out to eat with friends. Like, what am I going to eat? Or like, or like, I'm not going to go. Yeah. I'm going to make an excuse to not go and go to the gym instead because I'm crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So congratulations. That's amazing. (laughs) Thanks. Um, so, so you, so that happened, but then you started, so part so what why did you decide to start cooking? How did that come up? Um so a big part of it probably was because I wasn't eating as much processed food like I wasn't eating frozen dinners or like 90 second rice. So you had to. So yeah, I was like, well, <laughs> and I think um 
So about like four or five months after I started reading Summer Tomato, um, you posted an article talking about Feast Boot Camp, which is now Foodist Kitchen, um, which is a 30-day program to to teach you how to cook without using recipes. And just like the idea of that was just like, in a month I can do that? There's no way. Like, this is crazy. (laughs) I was like, well, I can try it. We'll, We'll see how it goes. Um, and that, gosh, it's funny because that was about two years ago now. And it's so funny thinking back before I could, I could cook. And I mean, I, I would follow a recipe. I could do things like that, but I just didn't enjoy it. Like it was so tedious and I don't know, doing foodist kitchen, it was just like, Oh, like number one, you need to make the habit of cooking. Okay. Like it's not this scary thing. Just come home you know, put a pan on the stove and and do it. Um, and learning how to, like, how different spices go together. And I, I don't know, starting to cook was a huge thing for me. And even now, like, sometimes I'll get bored with what I'm eating and I'll, like, actually look up a recipe to try to give me a little bit of inspiration. And I end up not following it anyway, which drives <laughs> my husband crazy. Um <laughs> But I don't know. It's fun. And it's amazing. Like after after doing, um, you know, the Foodist Kitchen, the, the Feast Boot Camp, it just made like I can like sauteing kale and throwing in some nuts and like beans or cracked egg or like whatever. It takes like 15 minutes and right. I have this like delicious meal. And that was just a huge thing for me because one part of me never like never thought I needed to learn how to cook. Like I was a career woman, like cooking was for, you know, housewives and, you know, people who were born in like the 1950s. A hundred percent. I had that same problem. Yeah. And I don't know. It almost felt like if I was a good cook, I wouldn't be, I don't know. I wouldn't be appreciated for like how smart I was I don't know Mm -hmm. I of course you had had... all these like limiting beliefs around what it meant to spend time in the kitchen exactly yeah um so getting over that um and actually cooking was was pretty great that's awesome I, I feel like another big thing too is like I feel like when you don't know how to cook it's sounds like this big daunting task Oh yeah. And when and also I think that I associated people who cooked a lot with people who were overweight. Oh, okay. Yeah, cuz like when what? I was younger, I th- I think I was like, "Oh, you're in the kitchen all the time. Like you're probably like <laughs> eating all the time." Yeah, you're making lasagna and, you know, all these fatty foods that I won't let myself eat. Yeah. So yeah. like like all of those like but basically there's stories we tell ourselves that are not mm-hmm. true. They're like, it's because all these assumptions we're making about what something means. Uh, and then you go try it and you like learn a few, it's like really not that hard. Like you cut stuff up and put it in a pan with oil and like salt and <laughs> it's a little yeah. garlic and it's delicious. Um, and, but it like, and just getting that empowerment and realizing, Oh, I can feed myself and I don't need processed food. And actually this is better and tastes better and is better for me. And I'm feel amazing. Yes. What? There, there's just so many things I know. Uh, I feel like you emailed me like three times and we're like, have I told you Foodist Kitchen is amazing? <laughs> I know. I think uh, there's a quote of mine on the website even that's like, I don't want to sound melodramatic, but this changed my life. And 
I still feel goofy saying it, but it, it really is true. That's amazing. Yay. Yay. And so that was two years ago now. Yes. And how has that evolved for you? Um, so let's see. I guess I wouldn't say that I really cook things that are like that much fancier still, but I've noticed that since I'm cooking them myself, I will be a little bit more adventurous with some, uh, mostly vegetables. I really like vegetables and I enjoy like, you know, finding different recipes for them. So I think since I started cooking, you know, I love roasted broccoli, but that can get old. Um, so since I've lived here, I actually have joined like a, a CSA. So I get, you know, a box of vegetables delivered like once a week or every other week. And where do you live? And uh, South Carolina okay. um, in Charleston. So it's great that they actually have that program. They took a few months off in the winter and it started up again. So I've been pretty excited. Nice. Um, but like, At the grocery store, sometimes I just, it's so easy to grab, you know, broccoli, cauliflower, carrots, or whatever your, like, go-to vegetable is. Right, the usual suspects. Yep. And I got, you know, beets with, like, the greens attached. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, what do I even do with these? And (laughs) it's at least, like, knowing I know that I can do it. Like, all right, this is a a new challenge. It can be fun um, instead of just this really scary task ahead. Um, So, yeah, I guess here, what were you going to say? I was just saying, it sounds like you have a lot of confidence around just, it sounds like you used to be a lot, very afraid and like stressed around food. And now I just hear this like confident woman who knows exactly (laughs) how to feed herself and like actually kind of enjoys it now. I I have to say it makes it easier. So my husband's in the Navy. um, So he'll be, you know, gone for weeks at a time or like we'll be working nights, whatever. And I think that has also helped me because, I mean, it sucks that he's gone, obviously. Um, (laughs) I won't tell him you said that. (laughs) um, But when I'm just cooking for myself, I'm also not as stressed about it because I can kind of mess around and like, if it doesn't taste like super great, or even if it does, but I don't know if like someone else would want to eat it, I'm not as worried about it. So that also helps me be a little bit more confident and creative. Thank you so much for saying that. I can't tell you how many people say the worst part about cooking is that they're cooking only for one person themselves. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, my God, my life was so much easier when I didn't have to feed a picky dude yeah. <laughs> who like oh, needs oh. to eat meat every day and <laughs> and like eats more so like twice as much as that. I eat. <laughs> Like it's so much more work. Oh gosh. So my husband, um, he was on deployment, um, last year. And so I was, you know, seven months kind of by myself, like cooking what I wanted and he comes back. And like you said, he eats twice as much as me. So the grocery store, I'm just like, why do we need all this food? And then the meat, I'm like, you don't want like beans with dinner. You want, you know, a steak or chicken. (laughs) It is so, a lot. Uh, you know, yeah. it's, I think that when I, I, I've talked to the people who um, struggle with eating, cooking for one, and it, it's almost always that they're still 
following recipes and and so it's still it's, it's like feels like the super involved thing and they don't oh yeah and they buy too much food and cook too much food and so they have like a lot of leftovers and they don't know what to do with them um how do you how do you manage your portions when you're just cooking for one person um so since I usually I always pack my lunch for work um I'll actually purposely make too much food so that I'll have enough for the next day mm-hmm so, I mean, that's that's a big thing. And, I mean, when I go to the grocery store, I I try to buy things that I like and won't mind, you know, eating a lot of. And I think just the more that you do it, you get to learn, like, okay, this, ba- this baking sheet of vegetables will, you know, feed me for two meals. Totally. And you just kind of, yeah, you just kind of get an idea of what's enough for you. Exactly. Yeah. I, 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 that is exactly how I approach it as well. Like I understand like if, if I cook this much food and I tr- once and it's like too much, the next time I just don't cook that amount of food. Yeah. Yeah. And oh. I mean, it, it's hard to tell people that just because I don't know, you want a black and white answer, not, Oh, you'll figure it out after you, after you do it a few times. Right. Right. Um, but that's where the that's where the nice thing about having not having to cook from a recipe comes in, I think, is that oh, you definitely. can you you feel the confidence and the freedom to sort of deviate from the script and be like, you know what? I, like I found I found grocery stores that'll serve half. that will sell me half a squash, like half a winter squash, which is so great mm-hmm. because what full winter squash is too much. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it's just like, I don't know, I just sort of figured or you can cut it out and like do half of it now and half of it later. But it's one of those things that's like, yeah, you just sort of figure it out. But you need to be confident enough to and knowledgeable enough and practice enough to to know where those boundaries are and, and what you can do for yourself. Yeah. So um, you're cooking and yeah. you're eating real food. How – and can you talk more about what this feels like for you? to be in I mean you sound like a foodist to me (laughs) what does it feel like um gosh I mean it feels I I don't even know how to describe it I guess so I'm not stressed about food and it's that in itself is like a very freeing feeling um so I don't know not counting calories and not not doing all that so I guess before everything I did regarding food was because like I should do this I shouldn't do this and it's gotten to the point now where instead of thinking like oh I really should have you know a serving of vegetables with dinner it's like wow, I really like vegetables and I really like to make them this way. I really want vegetables for dinner. And so a lot of the things I do, they don't feel like a chore or it's, it's something that I want. And I, it's the same, like, you know, going to the gym and staying active. It's not, oh man, I should really, you know, go for a run today or do this it's oh my gosh I'm going crazy I've been sitting too long I need to go for a run Mm -hmm. and so it's almost like everything like everything I do especially like related to health is it's what I want to do and you know being quote healthy is a side effect 
of all the things I enjoy doing. I love it. If that makes sense. Okay. That makes perfect sense. Basically, what you're describing is you've you went from having these external motivations, like I should, I should, I should, to mm-hmm. being internally motivated and saying, I want to, this is important to me, I enjoy this. Yes. And that is, I mean, I that like if I had to sum up how to like win at being healthy in a nutshell, it's to figure <laughs> out how to do that for yourself. You know, how to figure out how to switch your motivation from being outside of yourself and like something that's imposed upon you to something that is like truly a manifestation of who you are and what you want out of life for yourself. I I totally agree. Oh, wow. I'm well, so happy for you. Thanks. I, I was just going to say, so talking about, you know, the becoming that kind of person or whatever, I also just really enjoy being outside. Um, so it's little things like that that can really, quote, motivate me to, you know, be active. Um, my husband actually jokes around with me sometimes, like if if we've been like inside too long or like have been sitting too long, I get kind of antsy and he's like, Oh, do I need to take you for your walk? Like, <laughs> do I need to get you outside and like let you run around? Like a puppy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I don't know. It's, it's interesting how I realize that certain like life choices I've made or me and my husband have made have actually helped us kind of keep like an active and healthy lifestyle like the neighborhood we live in now a big reason we picked it is because there's you know walking trails and you can ride your bikes to you know restaurants and the grocery store and that's something that I don't know is really important to us and all but just because you know we can go out to eat have a few drinks don't have to drive but also like it keeps us active and healthy and it makes it easy to be outside and active. So I guess just, I don't know, for me, making like the healthy choices, the easy choices Mm -hmm. has also just helped me stay quote healthy. Absolutely. And that that helps. (laughs) I hear you. Um, I, it also helps when it's, it's, I love the way you, you brought that up because yeah, I mean, you make the healthy choices easier and also you have made them a priority. And that helps make them easier. I had the same sort of decision to make. We both recently moved across the country. Um, I moved to New York and from San Francisco. And for me, like, you know, we told our, our real estate broker, we were like, we need to be walking distance to either Whole Foods or a green market, you know, or like some place where I can get high quality vegetables. Um, I didn't know right. about Italy at the time. <laughs> but... <laughs> but uh, but, you know, and I was like, I like wouldn't even consider a neighborhood where that wasn't an option because I wouldn't be able to eat like, you know, it's like it just wasn't something I considered. But that was a choice I made because this has become who I am. Right. And it sounds like you you have the same with your husband. And that's fantastic. So this I I, uh, I worry that we made this seem too easy um, for people. So have you, like, I know that you've been doing this a long time. Um, can you tell us about any time that has been more challenging or any obstacles that you faced or was it just all easy downhill? It was, it was definitely not all uh, easy downhill. Um, I think one of the biggest obstacles I faced 
um, was so when I was in college and interning and stuff, if I wanted to work out like the my place of work usually had a gym. So I could just go during lunch for like 30 minutes or an hour and work out. Um, and my first job out of school there, I only had a 30 minute lunch break and there was no like there was no gym on site or mm-hmm. anything. And I had to be at work at 630 Oof. every morning. Yeah. So I'm a morning person, at least. So 630, it wasn't awful, but it was one of those like, well, when am I going to work out? I can't work out at lunch. There's no way I can get up and, you know, work out before work. That's crazy. Um, So I tried to work out after work a few times, but I just, you know, my friends would want to hang out and I didn't want to sacrifice friendships for going to the gym and all this stuff. And so I went a few weeks without really having a workout schedule and I knew that it was, you know, it wasn't good for me and I, I didn't like it. Um, and then one day I was like, why can't I work out before work? And I mean, I, I got up like at 4.15 the next morning and I went to the gym and it was fine. Wow. I, I don't know. And it was just, I just had to do it once. And I told myself, like, just try it. I mean, if you don't like it, you know, try something else. Right. You but, never have to do it again. It, yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because when we moved, um, I don't have to go into work till seven now. Woo. Um, <laughs> but it was something that I knew I could do. Like, I knew I could work out before work. So it wasn't like my first day of work, I went to the gym beforehand. And since I, I don't know, it became a habit right away because it had already been a habit, I guess. Um, so, but it's great. You, you challenged a, a preconception that you realized was just sort of arbitrary. Yeah. Like, I mean, everybody agrees. It sounds crazy to get up at four in the morning and go to the gym, but you were like, Mm -hmm. well, I'm a morning person and I love going to the gym and there's no other time that really makes sense. And I can, and, and I love that you took it as like a, like a scientific approach, which is like, I can try this. And if it doesn't work out, then I don't have to do it again. Like I can try something else. Right. Yeah. And even now everyone, everyone I tell that like I work out before work thinks I'm crazy. It's like, well, this is what works for me. And people I'm sure listening to this think you're crazy and they probably, you know, it's like, it's fine. You know, maybe it is crazy for them. And, but like you, you nailed it and it's like, well, it works for you. And like, if you don't feel like you're being crazy, then who gives a damn if it works for you, you know? And it's like, people can judge you all you, all they want for getting up early. Um, you know, well, and it's, it's funny because I think another challenge I had, I mentioned like I used to work out during lunch, but my new job, it only had a 30 minute lunch break. And I'm not one of those people that wants to like sit and like eat at my desk during lunch. I don't know. I'm a little bit introverted sometimes. I don't want to have to be social with people at work. Um, so one day I, there's like, sidewalk there were sidewalks around the office building and I went for a walk during lunch and again I'm at the time I was 23 years old and the only people that you know I saw walking were middle-aged women or like people who (laughs) just had a baby like they you know they had bad knees and couldn't run so that was another kind of preconception that I had to get over like okay, you're, you know, a young person, you can, you could run if you wanted to, but it's not really feasible. And 
hey, I'm going to go for a walk and wear sneakers with my work pants. And of course, <laughs> but at least I'm outside and getting a little bit of exercise. Right. And you love so. going outside for walks. Yep. <laughs> like a puppy. That's awesome. So it's like, so you have this like new freedom. And, and over, how long has this been overall? Like five years? Uh, I think it's more like two and a half. Two and a half. Okay. <laughs> um, amazing. So in this time, you have you have basically you've given up the constant struggle of weight loss or or like the nutritionism that you are sort of obsessed mm-hmm. with, the protein counting and all that, uh, and the forced workouts, like forced training for things, and have become someone who has learned to cook who doesn't count calories doesn't i right you, you're just not doing it no i i don't gosh no <laughs> and uh <laughs> eats vegetables not because they're healthy but because you love them and and exercises for the same reason and and actually have figured out a way to like somewhat seamlessly integrate these things into your life in a way that really just works to maintain this like delightful health style that is sort of coming <laughs> along. That's amazing. Thanks. It's, it's really funny hearing it summed up like that too, because I don't know it. When you make the changes over a few years, instead of trying to do them all at once, they don't seem like these huge, like, obstacles to get over anymore and it yeah it's it's just interesting looking back and how many changes I've made even though it hasn't felt like this big crazy thing again thanks for saying that like that's another thing I hear a lot is because and this is the constant so this is a constant battle the battle that people have in their minds are like well I have I am in such a deficit, like I'm in such a bad place that I need to do something crazy to fix it, mm-hmm. right? Because they're like, I'm right. so far gone. I eat so bad. I have to overhaul everything and just like, and 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 be that's, a new person. And be a new person. Uh, and every time they try to do that, they fail because it's impossible to make that many changes in your life at once, especially when you have other things going on in your life, and. <laughs> And then they just get stuck. And, it, and over the, the consequence of that is over time, they t- typically gain weight or become mm-hmm. less healthy. And But if you tell that person who's been going through that for years that actually, no, start small. Start with eating more vegetables. Start with, you know, getting rid of the flake cereal and replacing it with oatmeal. They look at you like you're insane. Yeah, that's, that's too small. That's not going to make a difference. It's not going to make a difference. <laughs> And, and, and what, so how, for you, how did you know you were on the right track? You know, I think because I didn't gain weight, I, I stopped counting calories and I tried to incorporate a few things and it's not like I gained 10 pounds because I wasn't abiding by this strict, you know, diet I had given myself. So I think just the fact that, you know, because I, I really wasn't trying to lose weight to begin with. Mm. I was just trying maybe like five pounds. 
but yeah, just the fact that I was trying new things and it wasn't doing like bad to my body. Like I would, there weren't that many improvements that I was trying to make anyway. So the fact that I wasn't gaining weight and I was less stressed, I think is kind of how I knew that this was what I should continue doing going forward. Yeah. Awesome. I I mean, I actually had the exact same experience. So when I took my first, I call it my, my leap of science (laughs) Uh, (laughs) because I, I, you know, the science was telling me if I eat real food, I'll be healthier. And I was eating, I knew I was eating processed food and even though it was all diet food, but I was terrified that if I started eating carbs, like oatmeal, that I would just get really fat. Like that was what I believed. And so it was really scary for me to actually do that. But I knew kind of the same thing you did. Like I knew like I could try it for a little while and if it didn't work, I could go back. Like that was always sort of like my. And I do have to say that, you know, I can try it for a little while and go back. I, I got that mentality from summer tomato as well. I can't claim credit for, (laughs) for being like that mature about it all to begin with. (laughs) Amazing. Well, it works because it's true. It's like, you can do a little test and if, if you gain five pounds from eating oatmeal one week, all right, stop (laughs) eating it. You know, but I, I, I started eating oatmeal and I, I, I didn't gain weight. And I was like, mm-hmm. and, and, and I was happier. Like my, I would, you know, I could go all the way to lunch without feeling hungry. And, you know, it was just like one little thing like that at a time. And then I became, you know, kind of a, obsessed with how awesome it was. So I started really pushing my boundaries, <laughs> but it all started with that one just test. Right. Well, that is amazing. I'm so happy for you. Uh, if you had, any, do you have any parting advice for aspiring foodists who either have been dieting for a long time or or started in a place that or are still sort of figuring out their journey or maybe they're in a plateau? Like, what would you tell them? So I guess I would say, like, first off, if you're counting calories or looking at the nutrition facts, just just stop. <laughs> and I, I don't know, that was a big thing for me. Just stop. Like if anything, you know, read the ingredients, but try to make the switch to like eating more real food, learn how to cook without recipes. That was so huge for me. And I can't stress that enough. Um, and then I guess the last thing is just don't, don't like beat yourself up about things so much. Like don't be too hard on yourself and find that like internal motivation um to make you you know make the the healthy choice excellent advice yeah (laughs) that's a lot that's another big thing it's like there's a lot of like self-flagellation that goes on uh and you know like you're not good enough or you're not enough in any way like if you know you're you ate some if you ate a cookie it's like good God, eat a cookie. It's fine. (laughs) Um, It's definitely not the end of the world. Well, thank you, Cassie, so much. Uh, Your story is forever inspiring. And I I love that you are willing to share it. Thank you. Yeah, no. Well, thank you for asking. And thank you for, you know, creating Summer Tomato and sharing uh, what you've learned throughout your journey, because it's definitely helped me. And I know it'll help a lot of other people. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for listening to the Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose. 
And if you're interested in upgrading your own health style, learning how to get healthy and lose weight without dieting and without all of the suffering that it brings, then head over to my website, Summer Tomato, and sign up for my weekly newsletter. When you sign up, you'll get a free starter kit that'll teach you the basics of how to start changing the way you think about food, health, and weight loss. You'll also get a free chapter from my book, Foodist, called The Myth of Willpower that explains the science behind why the no pain, no gain mantra of the weight loss industry is the absolute worst approach to getting healthy. So come over to Summer Tomato and sign up. We have a fantastic community and we would love, love, love to have you. Thanks for listening and I will see you next time.